0: Hey, mama, and welcome back to another episode of the Stable Mama podcast. As always, I am so excited to have you here. And today we have another incredible guest. I cannot wait to introduce her. Her name is Becca Ribbing, and she is the author of the Clarity Journal and has been a coach for over a decade. She is on a mission to help people break out of the cycles of uncertainty and struggle that hold them back. She helps women going back and forth with the big, seemingly endless question of what do I do next? So they can stop going around in circles and finally figure out what they truly truly want and create the clarity and momentum they crave. Sounds freaking amazing, right? Let's give a big warm welcome to Becca.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this one.
0: I'm so excited to have you and I love your bio. I've probably read it like four or five times. I was like, she's talking to me. She is talking to me. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> um, but seriously, before we get started though, I, I lo- absolutely love all of this. We do have one thing that we do every single episode on the same old podcast. And that is this one big question. How do you keep stability in your life as you build your business?
1: Oh, that's like a whole podcast episode, right?
0: <laughs> Basically. Yeah, <sorry.
1: laughs> uh, no, it's okay. I think it changes every week, right? But I feel like right now what I'm working on is recognizing that other people's needs may not actually need to matter as much as I think they do. So I have a really good example of this and I'm like super excited about it. I was trying to figure out how to get more space in my business. My kids go to a hybrid school, so they're half homeschooled, half go to school. And it's really cool. And It's like this really amazing community and I love it. But pandemic and everything, it's been kind of nuts and I haven't gotten nearly as much work done as I would like. And one of my friends asked me if my kid wanted to do aftercare with her kid. And I was like, you know what? He does. <laughs> and I signed him up and then I realized it was going to conflict with a couple things that said seven-year-old really wanted to do. And I felt so guilty about it. And then I realized, you know what? He's not going to remember even he's going to know for a week that he's not doing the thing he wanted to do. And I made it into this huge drama in my head. But really, a lot of times when people ask us to do things or ask us to make something happen, they don't actually care as much as we think they do. And then the level of stress that creates in our own life is not going to make up for the happiness it causes them. Like, it's like oftentimes people like husbands, if you have a boss still, whatever, they'll ask you to do all these things like, but they're kind of just throwing it out there. Like I'd like to do this, or I'd like this to happen. Sometimes they're hard and fast deadlines, but a lot of times it really is more negotiable than we think it is. And really learning to speak within my own power, like, okay, I can do it if it's a hair on fire emergency, but if it is not, this is going to make so much stress in my own life and I cannot do it.
0: Oh my goodness. I'm over here like, yes, I literally (laughs) just did a live on this in my group because I think it's so important. I feel like we've, we've gotten to this, especially as moms, we've gotten to this place where like, we absolutely have to put everyone else's needs before our own hard stop. And it is putting so much stress and chaos into our lives for very little benefit. You just had a perfect example of like, okay, this is going to benefit all of us. And yeah, he's going to be bummed out for a little bit, but he's not going to remember. And he's most likely going to have a blast at aftercare because I'm guessing he's going to do it with friends.
1: Right? Right, exactly. And I'm just saying, like, it was so funny because... After I realized that, you know, you have those aha moments where you're just like, oh my God, of course, this is what I'm doing. But in the middle of it, it feels so icky to tell your kid no to something they want to do. And then I think about my grandmother who used to put my father outside in the yard when he was probably three with basically a dog harness and a leash and like stake him to the fence. And I'm like, you know what? Really? I'm already winning at this parenting thing. Oh, no, I completely agree. Or even
0: with our husbands, like my husband. Um, so I, I work full time, but I get the summers off. I'm a professor at a local university. And so in the summer, I feel he's always like throwing these things out here like, oh yeah, you, could, should, you should do this. And in the beginning of the summer, I'm always like, oh, God, I have to rearrange my schedule and make sure I can do this. And like, I get it done. I'm like, ah, I got it done. Are you so excited. He's like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Thanks. I was like, no like this was a big production i have three kids and we just made this happen like i want you to like jump up and down and be really excited he's like oh it wasn't a big deal if you didn't get it done and i was like, are you kidding me right now are you kidding me right and so it was just like a great reminder that like we can like speak up and be like wait how how big a deal is this like is this like i'm gonna rock your world if i like make this
1: happen or if this is gonna be like nah. right He's like, well, and like half the time it's like, great. I did. He's like, okay, great. You did this. Hey, should you do, can you do this one too? Like, it's like the more you do it, the more they pile on both at work and at home and getting used to just saying, nope, can't do it. Or even just having them clarify their own priorities is so liberating. It takes your power back.
0: It does it feels incredible. Actually, I took it so back so far the other day that he's like, why didn't you do this? I really, really need to get you this done. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I, I missed that. <laughs> right?" But it, it was also a great, like, you know what I mean? A great balance where I'm like, okay, now I know one of those, like how you ask when it's like really important and how you ask when you're like, Hey, this would be cool, but not a big deal. But that is huge. And to take back our power as moms, like that needs to happen more often because we are incredible. And when we put everyone else's needs before ours, we don't value ourselves. We don't see the worth and what we have to offer and what our time is. And we really bring that into our business. And so it's like this cascading effect when a simple no is so powerful.
1: Exactly. Yep. Well, and also your husband has now learned a valuable lesson. If he really needs something done, he actually needs to tell you in a way that like says, hey, I absolutely need this done and I can't get it done. Can you do it by Thursday? Like he's learned the valuable lesson of, I need to speak up and say what I need in a way that makes it obvious that I actually need it. And it's not just a request. <laughs> yes, but in
0: that, and that's so, I love that you said that because it, that is incredible about it, right? When you own yourself and you own your power, your communication gets better with everybody. And then you have them own their stuff. And before you know it, everything's working so much better. Like your kids, your, your husband, my sister, I did this my sister. This is a big one for me. Is like, we are now communicating. I feel like she's my best friend. Why? Because we're both owning what we want and how we hang out and what we expect. And it's been fantastic, but it all
1: starts with you, right? It does. It really does. It also keeps you from freaking out about something else like i don't know about you but like if my husband asked me to do something and i don't do it and then he's kind of annoyed he might spaz at me about something completely unrelated and i never find out what was really causing it and vice versa as well Like if he's stressed me out by giving me too many things on my plate then i'm gonna freak out when he leaves the shoes by the front door and i didn't really care about that what i cared about was how much stress he had just put me under with like asking me to do five things within like a day when i didn't have the time for it
0: yes oh my gosh do you live with me i'm pretty sure you do (laughs) i think we all live
1: with each other you know this is just our shared experience we have been told by media, what this idea of like a good mom is and a good spouse and a good mom and a good spouse really is someone who, okay. So there was this amazing passage in burnout. So if anyone hasn't read this book yet, burnout, I forget what the, it's two authors and I forget their names, but um, it's basically about decreasing the stress cycle. And she talks about how in, in our society, we have this helper human dynamic and the humans are basically the husband and the kids. Like they need to be self-actualized really Go forth into the world and do their thing. And the helper is supposed to make that happen for them. And when we're having our own business, we're actually trying to do our own really cool human thing. But if we also feel like we need to be helpers and make sure everyone else becomes self actualized, well, we do not have the space for that. And then our brain starts imploding because what we want is actually not going to work within this framework. Yes, you need to pay attention to your kids. I'm not saying that you should be neglectful. Sorry, kids. But especially as they get older, it's the other thing that's so hard is like it really depends on the ages of the children. But mine are now seven and 12. They can make their own cereal, you know, and setting boundaries that like progressively grow with your kids as they get older is really amazing because then they take ownership. So I have two boys. And one of the things that I find when I talk to other parents of boys is the moms are always telling me, oh, Johnny couldn't do that. Like my 12 year old loads and empties the dishwasher every night. That's his chore. And I can't tell you how many times I have talked to a mom and somehow that has come up and she's just like, oh, Fred could not do that. And I'm sitting there looking at her. Like, do you think your kid's stupid? Of course he can do that. And a, what type of horrible husband are you raising? Like, it just like makes me so Angry when someone when a woman tells me that a boy can't do something that is totally within his capabilities. So, I mean, girls also should be doing dishes, but like, age appropriate help. You need it. We implemented a. Gosh, I'm going on totally different damages than I thought we were going to be talking about. So, we have implemented it in our house at 7:30, everyone helps clean for half an hour, and. It is amazing. My husband, the two boys and me, we all clean. So it's basically, I mean, the seven-year-old's not doing a great job, but it's basically like three fully grown people who whip the house into shape. And when we actually do it religiously, a lot of times it doesn't even take us half an hour because the house is clean.
0: (laughs) No. Okay. I love what you're saying. So my my kids are a little bit younger. They're six, four, and two. And we still do that because it took me a while to realize this, and I was like, you know how you you just you want to give them everything. You're like, oh no, I'm your mom. I want to give you every opportunity. Like I want to support you every way I can. But in doing that, we are actually not helping them in the long run. Yeah, in the short term, yes, we are helping them, and they are kings and queens, right? <laughs> but in the long term. What, what are we doing for them? If they go off to college and they've never made a meal or washed a dish or swept a floor or anything, they are going to be shocked. They're going to be like, what? Right. what? Mom, when are you coming? Can
1: well, you- and then the other thing they do is they want lots of praise for little teeny tasks. And it's like, no, you're not too. Like, yes. Yay. We can like be very happy that the two-year-old swept the floor, <laughs> but in college it's just expected. And no, you don't get a gold star for that. Right. But at the same time, like showing them
0: what this is doing, I think is the the key, right? So why are we sleeping the floor? So the floor isn't gross. And like, we can live in a nice clean house and everyone feels great. Like really tying that to you're doing this for a reason and it feels good. And you're part of this family. Like we are doing it together. And I think that, I think that's really the key is like, no, mom doesn't have to do everything and we take care of everything. I love it when uh, my son had a friend over the other day and he's like, oh, wow, uh, your house is really clean. He's like, yeah, I helped do that. And I was like, so proud of him. I was like, yes, yes, he does. He cleans up his toys. He even helps me have vacuum clean. And he does, his favorite thing is washing windows right now. I was like, yes, he does. And I love that he owned that. Like, oh yeah, this is all me, right? It was,
1: it was and I was like, <laughs> okay,
0: you can take the credit, but I know I do do some things as well.
1: <laughs> i kidding, so you're just sitting on the couch eating bonbons. You've got the like two year old doing dishes. You go girl. <laughs> but, no,
0: but at the same time, I was like really proud and I was like, I love that he takes pride in his environment too. And I thought that was really cool. I, yeah, I felt like but- I was doing something right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah. But it's really just setting up the support structure for you and that support structure. Like if you set that up when they're little kids, I mean, it's really easy to say, oh, a six-year-old can't do much, but the thing is a six-year-old can't do much unless they've been practicing. And so by setting up that all of the kids are helping you, you, they are practicing and they will be able to actually accomplish things so much earlier than if you just do it for them.
0: Right? And it gets into this whole, so we have swear words in our house that aren't actually swear words. And one of them is I can't. And I was like, Mm. did you try? How do you know you can't? If you did not try, you do not know whether or not you can or cannot do something. And so I feel like when we say, oh, they can't do that, we're limiting them. We don't know if they can do that. Let them try. Maybe it's not to our standards yet, but I highly doubt that when we started, it was perfect either. So yeah, I, I like that. Right?
1: Yeah, well, one. and it's also what it's teaching us going back to the original point at the beginning of this, it doesn't have to be done exactly to your standards either. The thing that's kind of like blown my mind by having the 12 year old do the dishes is I've always left lots of space in between each bowl because like I didn't want him to chip and I wanted him to get fully clean. Well, my son just throws them in because he's 12 and they actually still get just as clean. And I kept being like, no, this isn't the right way to do it. And then I had to back off. Like, you know what? They really are just as clean. It's fine. Like, this is me. This is my, like, this is my hot button issue. <laughs> and as long as it gets done, it's getting done. I just have to not look at the dishwasher because it's so chaotic. And I always have to admit, yeah, not my thing anymore. <laughs>
0: I get it but I love that you're able to recognize that because that's hard right when we are doing it one way and we're like no my way is the best way and to see them do another way that
1: also works and to like not correct them. No, it's it's really hard it gets it it will get harder as they get to be teenagers and you're like nope, there are lots of right ways that I need to teach." No, no you're fine haven't killed anyone <laughs> exactly. but if Walmart's we didn't that gone. now <laughs> right
0: <laughs> see sometimes I swear I learned more from my kids than they learn from me <laughs> like uh, deep breaths in <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay that was a huge tangent off of our original question which I absolutely loved but I believe there was another reason we were doing this podcast do you remember
1: I think we were going to talk about self-care <laughs> which really actually ties into this because you'll have more time for self-care if everyone's helping you. (laughs) I was going to start talking about how in society, when we talk about self-care, we have all of these articles and like news clips thrown at us about how we need to like focus on ourselves and we need to do these things that will help us feel better. But when you read those lists of top hundred things to do for self-care, it's always like take a bath go out for drinks with friends, go to yoga class, go have a box of chocolates. You know, it's like pamper yourself. But the problem with that is, is that we focus on the idea that that thing is what's going to make us happy. And if we are truly in overwhelm, if we are truly stressed out about something, that glass of wine with friends is going to be really great for that two hours. And then you're going to come home and, whatever it was that was creating chaos in your life is still going to be there and that sense of relaxation just goes right out the window especially for moms and i think that it's really like it's almost damaging to women because we think it, we yeah you know, we subconsciously bring take this in we hear self care self care self care and then we're doing self care and we're like why don't we feel better and the problem isn't self-care the problem is that self-care is really supposed to be surface level it's supposed to be like oh i did something nice for myself but it kind of assumes that you are not like totally frazzled underneath and so when i talk about this a lot of times i often talk about how like you actually really need to become more mindful with yourself about what it is that's causing the chaos in the first place
0: I love that because we, we do get that all the time, right? Like, what are you doing for self-care? And I actually, I went on a kick to you. I was like, self-care, self-care, right? And I was doing all these things for me. And I was like, mm, like, it's great. My confidence mm-hmm. is better. I like it. But you were right. At the end of the day, I was still like, okay, but I still feel massively overwhelmed. I still feel like I didn't get anything done today. And yes, I do feel a little bit better, right? Because you feel more confident with the self-care, but- the best self care you can do is actually dive into why are you feeling overwhelmed. What are driving those thoughts? What is driving those feelings? Why do you feel the need to do these things to take care of yourself, right? What What's behind it?
1: Right. Well, I think that a lot of times, you know, we often, even if we haven't done yoga, we read about yoga. We, we read about meditation, we hear about meditation and mindfulness, and we're all like, oh, that's great. And even if we do yoga every day, even if we meditate every day, a lot of times when we learn these things, the idea is actually to push out of your mind what's going on. And so it's like that like Zen mind, where you're just sitting there like a, yeah, like, like Dalai Lama, I'm not thinking anything. And I feel like that really is harmful because mindfulness actually isn't about pushing everything out of your mind. It's about noticing it first. And we spend so much time pushing away the negative in our life that we aren't taking the time to really sit with it and notice it. And when that happens, then it's easy to ignore that. That's what the problem is. Like, if I'm sitting here, like, I'm not going to focus on the kids overwhelming me right now because I don't want to feel mean. Uh, You know, I want, I'm a loving mom. They shouldn't be stressing me out. Whatever it is in your own head. If you can't really just sit with holy, I cannot deal with this anymore. Like I am I'm doing 20 million things at once and I really can't actually do it. Once you actually have that aha moment, you're like, oh, right. I need to change something. And that change is going to be far more powerful than any bubble bath is going to be. <laughs> I mean, unless you're coming
0: up with the change in the bubble bath, then it's a win-win. <laughs> and then it's
1: a win-win, but even then it's being the doing the mindful thing first. And I think that we just really need to get real with ourselves what is the problem that we are having right now because you know i mean all the women on this listening to this podcast right now are building a business building a business with kids in the house is no joke it does not matter whether they are two or teenagers it's still no joke and i bet there's probably a lot of people on this listening to this podcast that are like you that are working that work a full-time job and are trying to build a business and have kids and you've just overloaded yourself and you really need to embrace the fact that this is what I'm doing is going to cause overload. I need to minimize that overload as much as humanly possible.
0: Yes. No, I completely agree. And, and I love how you talk about mindfulness. So my new thing is to capture every thought because our, our thoughts create our feelings, create our actions, right? And so a lot of times if I'm in an overwhelm, I feel like the best way to self-care is to be like, what am I thinking? Okay, well, what do I want? Oh, I want that. Those thoughts are not going to get me there. Right. So, what do I need to think in order to get there? Right. And so, it's just like that, like I said, capturing those thoughts and be like, okay, what are they? Noticing, like you said, and then deciding a different direction. That's our biggest superpower. We get to decide. But if you don't notice and you don't take that time, you can't make the decision because you don't even realize you have the option.
1: That is so powerful. I actually on my website have journaling pages for overwhelm because. It's so important. Like when you are in the middle of being stuck or overwhelmed, getting it out on paper is just like, it helps train you to do what you're talking about. Like you really need to be able to see all of it before you can start fixing it.
0: A hundred percent. And okay. So I'm just going to, I'm not much of a writer. I know I should be. And I know oh. it's really powerful, but I am a dictator. So if you were to ever steal my phone and listen to my voice members, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> <laughs> you would like, I, I would just like kind of go on a rant and be like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. Right. And then I'll listen back to it and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. And it's, it's, what I really like about it is because when you're listening to it, I feel like you can like look above it, right? You know what I mean? So you're like not mm-hmm. in it. Now you're reacting yeah. to it versus like being in it and feeling it. And you're like, okay, I do not want to be that person who just recorded that message. <laughs> so what do so I you do? make yourself
1: listen to all of them or some of just some of them?
0: So like, as soon as I'm done recording, I'll be like, take a deep breath. and be like, okay. Let's listen oh, to that. Oh my do gosh, I, want I, I don't know. That. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's this is way. going in my
1: toolbox. I love that. Yeah. Give I it have, a try.
0: Cause I, I, I can never find to... a pen and paper. I'm always like, and now I'm overwhelmed because I can't find a pen and paper. So I can write down all of my thoughts about being overwhelmed so I can rewrite them. But I'm like, your phone's like always on you, right? We're in the 21st Your
1: phone is always on you. Okay. I love that. Okay. <laughs> I am going, cause I've, I actually was asked a question yesterday on a podcast. What do you do when you're not a writer? And I was like, Oh, like, and I often tell people to go for a walk, you know, pick something that you're going to like focus on during your walk. Like, I need to fix this, go for a walk. It like helps jar loose, but I love that listening to your own voice because it really does drive home what you're thinking and feeling, right? Like you, you have to be able to acknowledge it if you're hearing yourself say it.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's really powerful. Actually. (laughs) i know it sounds conceited but i promise it it doesn't come from that but i'll re-listen to my my podcast episodes right Mm -hmm. but it's not always from like to judge myself it's like oh oh i love how i did that or like you know what i mean and to like learn from it it's really interesting because in the moment i feel like sometimes i'm smarter than i am do you ever feel like that i was like oh that's really good like why didn't why can't i come up with that right now type thing (laughs) so yeah Definitely record yourself, listen to it. It's, it's super helpful.
1: Well I've learned something new today. This is awesome.
0: My job is done here. No was again. <laughs> No, I love it. But I, I've absolutely loved this podcast. Ah, we're getting it too long. I try to keep these short and simple because we're moms, and who has a really long time to listen to a podcast episode? Not me. So <laughs> I try to respect that. But I have absolutely loved everything we talked about today. I know we got off track with our, our number one question, but I think that was really valuable to talk about, you know, what we're doing with our kids and saying no and setting boundaries and feeling great about it. And then to get into the, you know, self-care i did not want to say the debacle it's not a debacle but getting to the root of it right (laughs) instead of like yes pampering yourself is awesome i mean you should treat yourself well because you deserve it but at the same time if you want to change and get rid of those feelings of overwhelm then you know what you got to dig a little deeper and that's really the best self-care you could do like seriously i know that was a brief synopsis but i love this episode
1: i do too i am having so much fun i uh totally respectfully like okay we gotta stop because 30 minutes i really i'm the same way it's like when someone has a podcast that goes on for two hours i'm like um no right i don't even start half the time i'm like no because i know i'm
0: gonna start and then i feel bad that i didn't finish and i'm gonna start like 17 times because i'm gonna forget exactly. so yeah so totally do a, a hard stop here so real quick where can we find out more information about you because you are incredible share your stuff girl
1: You can find me at beccaribbing.com. So Becca, B-E-C-C-A, ribbing, R-I-B-B-I-N-G. And you can find me there. You can find me on Amazon with the Clarity Journal. And I guess, I mean, you can also find me on social.
0: Awesome. I love it. Go check her out, ladies. I don't know what you, but I had a ton of fun on this podcast. So obviously she's really cool. And I bet she'll find some great stuff. I know I'm going to do a little stocking later. (laughs) That is a wrap for today's podcast. Thank you, Becca, again. I really, really appreciate having you on. And ladies, I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you liked today's episode, could you please take a minute to rate and review my show? It would mean the world to me. Also, let me know if you have any questions or if there's something in particular that you're struggling with so that we can cover it in future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. Remember, progress is being just 1% better today than you were yesterday. You got this, mama. See you on the next episode.